Welcome to session two of this series of six webinars about the principles of governance hosted by BoardPro and BoardWorks, myself, John Page and Graham Narkies. In this second session, we're talking about the board's role in planning. Yeah, in, in our work, you know, we look at a lot of strategic plans, which are often the tool that boards rely on to provide that, that direction to organisations. But I think it's fair to say in our experience, most strategic plans have very little value at the board level because they are expressed in terms of activities rather than outcomes or, or impacts. It's really important for the board to do its own thinking around what the organisation exists to achieve because it always sits outside the organisation. Organisations don't exist for their own sake. They can only exist if they're providing products and services and, and benefits to outside parties. So, so the board has to look outwards at who it's serving. Yeah, and very often we see things uh, uh, expressed in strategic plans. We're going to be a leadership organisation, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's kind of, we think, good on you. Uh, <laughs> but, but where are we being led to is, is the more important question. So if a strategic plan is full of internal processes, then it's not a strategic plan, it's, it's a business plan at best. We, we strongly emphasise the need for a board to own a statement of purpose, why the organisation exists. Because the old style strategic plans, which are still very prevalent, talk about mission statements. I'm often reminded of, of a comment that was made by Scott Adams, who is a creator of the famous Dilbert cartoons, the cynical comments on, on organisational performance and issues. He said that the typical mission statement, this is words he's putting in Dilbert's mouth, inside the operational part of the organisation and everyone who participates in that process is looking for a hook to hang their job on. We need the board to be really clear about what the organisation must achieve so that then the allocation of resources, time, people, money, are all attributable to the achievement of the purpose and the outcomes associated with it. And this comes back to the sort of more modern idea of organisational storytelling. What is the story that you're telling to your community in terms of why you exist? Um, uh, there's a lovely story about a president of a large federated organisation who used to suggest at the AGM the first motion was a winding up motion and if you couldn't argue away from it you hadn't thought about why you existed in the world. And it's quite a good way to approach this. What would be missing if we were not here that could be done by other people? And if you can't answer that question then clearly the board hasn't thought hard enough. A, a very good question to pose in any sort of strategic workshop is if this organisation didn't already exist, why would we create it? And we see this particularly in the sort of prevalence of charitable trusts and things in New Zealand, which we have 28,000, probably 14,000 could either not be here or merge, and so they're not a good use of, of, of resource. So, so this clarity of purpose thing is consistent with the sort of thinkers in the corporate world like Jim Collins and Simon Sinek, who now see this idea at the centre and heart of the organisation. And there's a lovely phrase... Um, called the board as the guardians of purpose. That is its primary job. Purpose statement has a flow-on effect right through to some of the things that most challenge boards in their normal operation. And one of those things that 
we hear directors complaining about all the time is the quality of reporting from management to the board. And typically, unless there is some sort of clarity of purpose in the outcomes the organisations must deliver, then executive teams are going to report in terms of their activity rather than their impact. If you've got a mission statement, old style that I was referring to before, it tends to be expressed in activity terms. Then all you're going to get from management is reporting in terms of how busy they've been, not on the impact that they've achieved. Yes, so so we, we challenge organisations to write their purpose statement in, in, the, in the phrase, organisations X, Y, exists so that. The so that forces people to describe an external benefit, not to be a, a leadership organisation or anything internal in process, so that. What is the change that we are trying to make in the world is at the centre of this thinking that needs to be clarified and defined? Yeah. Yeah. So in, in terms of, of the, the, the things that you would wrap around that, that are also very important in a planning sense, particularly now that boards are being held accountable for the culture inside organisations, for example, so that behaviour is consistent with the brand or, 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 the, or the benefit that the organisation is trying to achieve, are things like discussions at the board level now of values. When I was a chief executive, we never took values anywhere near the board. It was something that was created inside the organisation. Now that boards are being held accountable for positive and appropriate cultures, the board has to wrap its head around that, and it's an important part of the board's planning process. Yeah, and, and values are really important because, because when we come later to talk about policies, values are the, are the bedrock of policy. As, as human beings, our decision-making always falls back on values. In the absence of, of specificity, you know, you shall not drive over 100 kilometres an hour, we fall back on values, always. So they are the first place to start. And, and they are the boards to own and set. Yeah, and, and the board needs to think through what does that value mean in practice? Hmm. It's, uh, there's a lot of value statements that get, get saluted I mean, it's interesting, it's the 20th anniversary of the Enron debacle this year. And they had wonderful value statements and all the rest of it, and they got routinely saluted. But actually, the board had allowed or even instituted uh, performance management processes and remuneration systems in particular that encouraged bad behaviour. So there's a total mismatch. And we see all the time, you know, paint on the wall, we value our people. Well, what does that mean? Does it mean that we apply the legislative minimum or do we go beyond that? And if so, why and how far? Um, just having it painted on the wall is a real, relatively meaningless statement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, codes of conduct and, and, and ethics and that sort of thing are increasingly recognised as really important statements for the board to both generate and own so that they then are forced to hold themselves accountable for creating the right sort of incentives in, inside the organisation. And when we talk about planning, we're talking about the board having those kinds of conversations. It's, it's not like a project management plan or something like that. It is about where are we steering, where are we directing the organisation, and what, what are the risks that we must control. So, and when you come down a sort of a hierarchy of, of things to think through, the next step is the setting of outcomes. So in specific terms, what are we going to achieve, uh, how are we going to measure it, and, and by when? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. So the, yeah. and for whom? Yeah, yeah. It's it's what what benefits for what people yeah. at, at what price or what worth or what's what investment value? Yeah, yeah. Uh, those those three elements are really critical elements of of the the ends component that that we referred to in in the previous module. You know, the difference between ends and means. Yeah. The board has to define what those ends are in the first place before you can logically choose between alternative ways of achieving them. So, so this is what we talk about, uh, the board having to undertake some strategic thinking before you can plan strategy. Because until you've worked out what you believe in and where you're going, you can't actually work out how you're going to get no, there. No, no. So, I mean, yes, yes, there's management will input all over the place here, but it's the board that owns these high-level conversations yeah, yeah. And, and is responsible yeah. for setting the tone. Then you can start working out how. And, and we're going to talk about that a bit more in yeah. the next module. Yeah. But I like your spine analogy. Oh, yes, Why yes. don't you explain that? Yes, so, so I was just trying to, some years ago, explain to boards how all this fitted together. And, and so as those of you who have had any kind of bad back problem, you know that one little bit out you know, causes pain up and down mm. the system. And so we, we sort of extend that analogy to you know, the vision, uh, the purpose, the outcomes, uh, the measurement, all has to be aligned right down to where the resources go, how it's monitored, and how the board works, all flow from one another. And in particular, when we do our evaluation work, we look for this alignment specifically, mm. that actually what you're saying up here and what's happening in terms of, of allocation of resource and the work that the management do have an alignment. Yeah. When, when we're talking about that distinction that we were making between ends and means, I'm often reminded of Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, and Alice got lost at one stage in the story and, and happened upon the Cheshire cat who, who was concerned about her being upset and, and asked uh, how he could help. And, and she said she, she didn't know where she was going. And the response from the cat was... was very succinct. Well, if you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter which road you take. <laughs> okay, so it just reinforces a need for the board to have clarity of both where is the organisation today, where is it starting from, and where does it want to get to. We haven't talked about vision statements, but they can be a useful adjunct to that longer term horizon type of destination, even though in the shorter and medium term, something more specific needs to be defined in terms of outcomes and, and key results. And there's a useful uh, related concept which we use called True North, and, and we've referenced this in your, in your readings as a wonderful article about mission-driven governance, and it has the idea that your purpose is the true north of, of your compass, so that everything you do should be um, judged against that. You know, if the winds blow you off course a little bit, you have to tack back to true north again. You know, if an opportunity comes up that's sort of way out here to the far west, well, probably it's actually not going to work for you because if you embrace too many of those, you end up the middle of a muddle of the organisation. And there's a number of well-known people, Steve Jobs and others, who've said actually the primary purpose of the strategic plan is to be very, very clear about what to say no to. Yeah. And I think, I think that's right. So this focus on purpose through the true north and also, and in particular in the non-profit world, it's really, really important to understand what you can control and influence and not go, you know, Don Quixote charging at things that you have no ability to actually make an impact on because that's just a waste of, of time and, and resource. So I think in, in summing this little section up, it says 
We've tried to communicate to you this absolute need for a clarity of purpose, um, the separation between where we're going and how we get there, and, and that's sort of purpose from path, and, and the idea that the work of the organisation is lined up down, down a particular spine, and, and, and true north, keep focused on true north, and if you start wandering too much, it's a bit of a serious problem. So in the, in the next session, we're going to delve a bit more deeper into some of, some of these things. So look, thanks for joining us across these six short seminars. Thank you to my colleague Graham. Thank you to BoardPro. We really do hope this has been useful. If you want to continue the journey and learn some more, look to our website, boardworks.nz. We've got lots of great articles. We're committed to writing and have done for 20 odd years. There's a lot of reference up there. And BoardPro's own site has a lot of material. So please avail yourself of that. Thank you for your time and we hope it's been useful to you.